And I want people to find their medical home, where they fit, where they feel like people understand them, that get them, that they feel comfortable and trust the advice of the person that they're getting you know, their information from. Well, Dr. Otto, thank you for doing this with me. Um, I appreciate your time today. So um, uh, really today is about you. Today is to focus on you, your practice, you. Uh, so uh, tell me about you. Tell our audience what, what we need to know. Awesome. I'm a, I'm a primary care physician. Um, I trained in the army, practiced in the military for quite a while. So fairly well-rounded in terms of training. Um, Decided about four and a half years ago to embark on my own journey and start my own direct primary care practice um, with the idea of being able to um, provide longer extended visits, develop better relationships with patients, um, figure out really what the best options are for them as individuals, um, for their healthcare and for their life, taking all those things into consideration. So really offering the practice that I would have wanted as a patient that I would want for my mm. own family members. All right. So it sounds like there's like a story behind there. So (laughs) (laughs) and what made you like, all right, I got to change. Something's got to change. Yeah. So I think there were, it was a a string of things that all happened that kind of led me to where I am now. Um, I was practicing when I left the military, I practiced for a smaller community hospital setting um, that had a lot of flexibility and I was able to offer patients um, better care, the, the type of care that I wanted but as I got busier and busier, the system wouldn't allow me to spend more time with patients or mm. to stop taking new patients as my schedule became full. Um, I didn't have the opportunity to get patients in for same day or next day visits if they needed something. So they'd be going to urgent care and have all sorts of just disjointed care. Um, mm. And I really wanted to be able to, to offer something better to those patients. Um, a string of things happened with hospital systems in the area that um, made that exponentially worse, sort of my tipping point to say, listen, I am already not happy with the care that I'm able to provide to patients in the limited timeframes and limited communication. So when it became even worse, I, I essentially decided that that was not healthcare anymore. That wasn't practicing the type of medicine that I wanted to practice. So I decided to leave. Um, leading up to that point, also my dad had passed away at age 68 after you know, being in the ICU on life support and us withdrawing care. And not too long after that, my mom passed away from pancreatic cancer, which is why I always have purple in my hair. Um, But going through those things, those interactions with the healthcare system, realizing that there wasn't anyone really coordinating that care and, and really getting to know us as a family and what our, what our family members needed. I knew that people deserved better, but that also allowed me to reprioritize my time to say, I'm spending so much time on things that don't impact patient care, that aren't good for the patient and that are actually bad for me in terms of my, my mental health and time spent with my family. So I knew I needed a change. And initially I thought that change meant leaving medicine altogether because I didn't think it was possible to provide the care that I wanted in, in the system we have right now. Um, I happened to kind of stumble upon the idea of direct primary care at a conference. Um, another physician, actually a physician from Boise, Idaho, uh, Julie Gunther, was giving a talk. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this is this is my last ditch effort to try to make this work. This sounds amazing. It sounds too good to be true. And I'm like, I'm just going to go for it. Um, and I never looked back. And it's been amazing. So 
I love that. Um, <laughs> I want to go back to one of the stories I always remember you telling me, which uh, kind of ties into why the switches. I remember you telling me that you had a patient that came in for for one thing called like a, a sinus, right? They got a mm-hmm. sinus cold and and uh, they had said, hey, by the way, since I'm here, my shoulder's been acting up or my knee or whatever it is. And in the system that you're in, it was just like, I can't talk about that. Well, I'm here. Yeah. I can't. I, you're my doctor. I want you to help me. That's what I'm here for. And right. like, well, no, you have to make another appointment. <laughs> I'll see you. My appointment says I'll see you in two months. That's where the book says. Like, if, well, if I've heard it's available. <laughs> if, if you can get in, if you're lucky. And I always, I always remember that frustration that I saw on your face when you were telling me that, like, there has to be more. There has to be something better. Um, right. Tell me about this system that you found. Like, tell me, what, what is this about direct patient care? So the idea is that um, since we don't bill insurance, we don't have to follow the rules of insurance. Um, and since we don't, bill, right. we don't bill per visit, um, it's not a, it's not a um, fill all the spots, double book just in case somebody cancels, because if you have an unbooked patient spot, then that's lost revenue that you're still paying overhead. We've gotten rid of all of that. So it's a um, traditional primary care practice in terms of providing prevention and screening, health education, um, being proactive, really, really trying to improve people's health through those direct, you know, direct communication and direct interactions. Um, but the payment model is different. So it's um, a lot of times what people would call boutique medicine or, or a form of concierge medicine. So it's monthly memberships. For adults, it's 60 to 80 bucks a month. That covers almost everything that we can do in the office. Unlimited office visits, text messages, video chats, emails, phone calls after hours. All of our patients have our cell phone numbers. So in case they're standing in line at the pharmacy and they don't have the prescription, they can just call us and we can resend it. Um, so a lot of those conveniences are there um, covered. So the idea is that we can do extended visits. So each of our visits are 30 to 60 minutes long. Uh, most annual physicals are an hour, sometimes even more, just so that we can get a hold of what, of, of the whole picture, sort of what's going on with this person's health, their lifestyle factors that might be contributing, um, any things that they may be um, not thinking about with regards to their health that may sneak up on them in the next couple of years. So. Yeah. It gets us a more integrated picture into their health and and overall wellness, really, um, that we can offer them without charging an arm and a leg. So since we don't bill insurance, we don't have billers or coders, we don't have a collections department, which, again, cuts down on costs a lot. It sounds like you're able to be more holistically minded with your patients. Yeah. You're, you're, you're able to – I love what you said, like, all right, listen – if I'm, as I'm looking at your labs, you're fine now, but this is mm-hmm. elevated. It's, ele- it's, it's subclinically elevated. Um, right. So, so we need to look at your cholesterol in the next three to five years. Do you want to make some changes now so that we don't have to have that conversation? Right. right. And I'm, sh- and I'm following sh- those trends to, to match up to say, gosh, you know, back in 2019, your numbers looked a lot better. What were you doing then? Let's mimic some of that, or let's go back to some of those things that you were doing at the time that really looks like it made a big difference. Yeah. What habits were you doing? Well, mm-hmm. I switched jobs and I don't, I don't get off right. till eight o'clock at night now. And I, I just eat my bowl of ice cream and then I go to bed. 
tell me about the just the name. Names are very important in our society. So tell me the name of the business and, and how, how it got there for you. Yes. So um, our practice is called Sprout MD. Um, it, it's also another kind of journey along the way, how, we, how I came up with the name. Um, essentially, starting my own business um, with a, a minimal budget, I didn't have really the option to, to pay somebody to come up with a name and to help me register it and come up with a logo and website and all that stuff, because I knew that every dollar I spent was going to have to come out of a patient's pocket. So I didn't want to have to raise rates. I, I wanted to keep everything bare bones as much as possible. So um, the idea of Sprout came from just kind of growing up in a rural area, um, spending time on my grandparents' farm, gardening with my grandma, um, you know, watching those little seedlings sprout and and watching them kind of flourish. Um, but also knowing that, you know, that that tiny seed that, you know, that nobody really pays attention to, it's just kind of starting there um, under the surface, starts to break through, um, you know, but if we're talking about like the the seed of a tree, an acorn, that seed has the potential to change the entire landscape of the world it's in right there. Um, yeah. It's, it's, solid, it's steady, it's new growth, it's nourishment, it's, you know, let's protect this sprout and optimize its potential for the future. So I that was that. the idea. I love that. <laughs> Tell me about turning over a new leaf, maybe? Yeah, like grow, right? <laughs> we all love this yes. idea of growth. Yeah, especially when we talk about like our, for our patients too, because oftentimes they come in broken, and they, and they don't realize that there's an oak tree inside and they don't, they don't realize that they have this unleashed thing, but, but this is holding them back. Tell me about the vision that you have for your company. So initially when I started, um, like I said, my idea was kind of just to escape the system and to be able to practice medicine, you know, just kind of hunker down and have my little practice and, treat my, you know, smaller number of patients in a way that, that was fulfilling to me and beneficial to them. Um, but it pretty quickly became something a lot more than that. Um, as I started the practice and kind of word spread and people talked about it, um, I, I was initially pretty afraid to advertise because I was honestly afraid that my prior employer might come after me <laughs> um, or find out what I was doing close by to where I was before. I didn't violate any agreements, but um, there's always that threat of like a large medical system kind of you, bowling you never over the know. guy, right? You never know what those <laughs> fleets of lawyers are going to do. You right. never know. Not Let's knock on wood for that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So the, so the idea was to kind of keep my head down, do my thing. Um, but my practice filled up pretty quickly. Um, and then I, I got multiple physicians around in the area that I know and that I'd kind of been keeping updated on what I was doing. And a lot of them were intrigued because they were kind of burnt out by the system too. Um, and not long after that, one of my other physician friends approached me, Dr. Clarissa Allen, and she was essentially in the same boat. She's like, I can't practice medicine anymore. This is awful. I have a family. I want to spend time with them. I want to provide my patients with great care and I can't do that anymore. Um, and I was like, well, you can, maybe, maybe you can come join me. And she's like, I'm in. <laughs> so she joined um, and then she pretty quickly filled her panel um, and we hired a third physician, Dr. Rachel Dickerson, this past July, uh, July 2022. Um, and now she's filling up. So I've quickly gone from 
just keeping my head down, treating, you know, seeing and treating my own patients. Don't see me in my office. It's not over here, but I'll see you at (laughs) two o'clock on Tuesday. Right. (laughs) To suddenly like an office of three physicians um, trying to help foster the growth of other DPC practices in the area, because I know that a lot of people want this. And, and obviously I'm not the right physician for everybody. And so, you know, everybody has a little bit different personality and I want people to find their medical home where they fit where they feel like people understand them, that get them, that they feel comfortable and trust the advice of the person that they're getting you know, their information from. So helping other practices get started has kind of become one of my pet projects as well. Um, and now we have quite a few in the area, so. Um, it sounds like you have an avenue for disruption uh, for St. Louis to, I like using magical bigger and better. Magical is a beautiful <laughs> word for it. Um, what, is that the path for disruption for you or do you have other ideas stewing? I think my, still my primary goal is always and has always been take care of myself, take care of my family, take care of my patients. And that's, that's it. Like I'm, I'm very much a purist. Um, if I don't take care of myself, I can't provide good care for anybody else. Um, you know, and, and I, I take family really seriously. So I understand those you know, parents or, or caregivers that come in that are patients, you know, that, that need help with their families or their, you know, their family situations or caregiving efforts. So I think that that's really my, my primary purpose, my primary goal. Um, outside of that, whatever comes after that is just extra, is just bonus. I'm happy to help other practices get started. I'm happy to raise awareness for this movement as far as this option for healthcare, because I think a lot of people aren't getting what they need in the traditional healthcare system. Um, and don't know agree. where to go where, or, or who to trust. So um, I love the idea of expanding it. I don't necessarily want to take that on myself because it's, it's just not my priority. <laughs> Very fair. Um, I don't want to disrupt the whole system, just my little corner of it. <laughs> hey, listen, those acorn roots got to go somewhere, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it might go under those... Grow- those big office buildings that they're building. Yes. I, I just don't have to grow the whole forest myself. <laughs> That's fair. Let's throw some other trees in the, in the mix. So I think, you know, the biggest thing, my biggest goal in, as far as talking about um, or talking to people about direct primary care is just the model itself um, to help people understand that there is another option out there. Um, our office is, is only one of many in the area Again, I don't, I don't feel like I need to direct more people to our practice. I think that the other practices in the area are amazing as well. They all have great rates, um, great availability. Um, so I don't necessarily want to promote my practice over anyone else's, but just the idea of this movement. Um, we do, of course, have a physician that's currently taking patients, Dr. Dickerson. So she does have availability now. Um, I, I don't know how much longer that's going to be, though. So I don't want to necessarily promote... Oh yeah, we're taking we're taking new patients now because she may fill pretty quickly as well. So, <laughs> are you gonna bring a fourth in? Um, not at this point. <laughs> I don't have any ideas on the horizon, but everything <laughs> so far has kind of just fallen into place at the right time. So that's nice. I'm gonna trust that things will happen when they need to happen, and until then, I'm content with where I am right now. So, I love that. Um, I I love your pyramid that you talked about me family, patients. And that, that's one of my next questions. How important is health in your business? And what are you doing to keep yourself and your team optimized well and burnout free? I think that that's, it, it's critical. 
um, if any one piece, if any one individual in our practice, one of the other physicians or our office manager aren't performing at our best, things will fall through the cracks. And, and obviously we, we help each other out and we're constantly checking in on each other, but that's a top priority. Um, making sure that we have healthy snacks at the office. If we have a busy day and don't have a chance to run out to, you know, to get lunch or ha- didn't have a chance to pack anything that day, um, taking time off. Um, I don't necessarily force vacations, but I strongly encourage everyone in the practice to take time away, disconnect, shut off your phone and route your calls to me, or I'll shut off my phone and route my calls to you just to have some time to disconnect, to, to connect to their passions. Um, and having the, the flexibility in the schedule is another big, um, big benefit. So if I have a, a kid's school play coming up or an event that's happening at their, their school or a family event that's happening, I can pretty easily switch around my schedule um, to accommodate for those things. So it's not a, it doesn't require an act of Congress to get a day off and request it six months in advance and four signatures. And, you know, so can't imagine flexibility, taking time off, taking good care of ourselves and taking care of each other um, and making those things a priority are, are really the top of my list. I love, I love your, that you're a purist in those things too. Nothing else matters. This is, this is yeah. where we go. This is my filter. This is my filter for the practice. This is my filter yes. for life. And it sounds like you, you, you found a very happy niche for yourself. I, I think really where we are in our medical world is a lot of people are getting, feeling and understanding the frustration with the big system. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're actively either just sitting there on the couch thinking, what the heck am I going to do? I have no idea what's coming on the horizon. All I know is I have this issue and I need help. Where do I go next? Right. And unfortunately, when people want to search these, the style of practice where it's almost like the country doc. Right. Went and saw Dr. Brown. Dr. Brown took care of you. If you go in, uh, yep, here's your dozen eggs, Dr. Bo- Dr. Brown, we're good, we're good to go. Yep, all right, tell your grandma I said hello, you know. And, 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 but you got that direct patient care. You got the care that you needed. You got exactly, and I think it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. I definitely agree. The The system has become so impersonal. It's it's It seems that it's just business. And I feel like there are, you know, everyone I know that's, in traditional practices that, that, you know, work for large hospital systems or um, other traditional practices, they're all good people. And they all really yes. know what, what people need. They want, they know what they mm-hmm. would need if they were in that situation. And they are stuck in a situation where a good chunk of the time they can't provide that. Um, and the amount of, of just angst and frustration that that creates on their part, knowing what they need to do, knowing what's right and not being able to do it because the system is just, it's just soul crushing. Um, so I think you've got a lot of good people that want to change the system, but they're held down by the powers that be to not be able to make medicine or healthcare what it needs to be. And I do think that there's, you know, that system creates a lot of distrust as well. It's a, you know, if you've got five minutes to talk to a, a physician or a healthcare provider, it's, you know, how can they really answer the, the deep questions you have about, you know, what are the real side effects of this medication or this treatment or what, you know, are there really any other options? Well, no, I don't have time to talk about anything else. This is just, this is the, the, the number one option. This is what I recommend. Go for it. Right. Um, and it's, 
it's tough for patients because it's, you know, to really feel reassured that that person has had enough time to review their yeah. history, you know, to, to really determine what's right for them, but to also to empower that individual to make their own decisions about their healthcare. And I think that takes time and, and developing that personal relationship and understanding. And I think a lot of it also has to do with where we are as a society, mm-hmm. because I take like my grandma's day. Uh, she worked with a doctor. She, my grandma's not 101 now. Um, she worked with a doctor, Dr. Gorelsik. He <laughs> may be dead. Graham's still alive. But he's probably dead. Um, but like this whole, the doctor was God, but we are so marketed to as an industry because the, the industry see those dollar signs as we walk mm-hmm. in the door. I mean, watching tv last night hey tell your doctor you should probably be on ozempic be like right (laughs) should i should i be do i need this and then you're right does the doctor have five minutes if they're lucky to not only eat lunch for themselves but to provide an honest straightforward answer to their patient and be like no, you're fine. Your labs are great. You don't need this. You're okay. Maybe don't let's need, talk don't... about some lifestyle changes first. <laughs> that, but that was the next words out of my mouth. Why don't you slow down on the McDonald's? Okay. I think you'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think just, you know, spending time with patients to not, um, you know, to, to get a feel for what, what works for them and what doesn't. So I can't really give somebody advice. You know, if I say, gosh, maybe, maybe you should eat less red meat but some patients should not eat less red meat, right? Um, or they already don't eat red meat, but I didn't take the time to ask that question, right? So I think right. that there's there's so much more that goes into that. And I, I don't feel like I can really give people good advice unless I know where they're starting from, but also what they've tried in the past that worked or didn't work, um, as well as even some of their family history to say, gosh, you've got a sister that would be pretty genetically similar to you that, you know, what's worked for them? Um, so gives giving us more of an idea of where to where to concentrate our efforts in terms of you know making changes. Man, we went over some deep awesome. stuff. That was great. <laughs> All right. Well, Dr. Otto, thank you very much for uh doing this with me. Uh I'm gonna hit the button, then stick around for Absolutely. an extra second. Um yeah, what we'll do thanks is we'll for having your, me. yeah, we'll put your link. So if people want to know for Dr. Dickerson, if she wants to not fill up those last couple <laughs> spots that she has when they're probably gone at the at the end of this so it is what it is so anyway thank you again absolutely